Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. Uh, if you've been with us before, you know that Going Deeper with God is something we do when we uh, study a Bible book, passage by passage, and our desire all the time is to get to know God better, going deeper with God. Uh, one of the great things the Holy Spirit has given us is the Bible, and he uses the Bible to help us to get to know God better. So we're looking at uh, the letters of the Philippians at the moment, and we've called this joy and the gospel because joy and the gospel are always linked together. The more gospel centred we are, uh, the more joy we will experience. Um, and we've come to the end of chapter two, nearly the end of chapter two, chapter two, verses 19 to 30. It would be great if you could turn to that passage, uh, Philippians 2, verse 19 to verse 30. And we've called this two examples to follow. Uh, we're going to begin by singing together. Um, you may not want to sing out loud uh, watching this where you are. Um, I'm not going to sing out loud either. But I'm going to follow the words and I'm going to lift my heart to Jesus because it's a wonderful hymn that gets me worshipping. Let's crown him with many crowns.
Let's read our Bible passage together. I'm beginning at Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. That's Philippians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to crown you with many crowns. You are the King. You are the exalted Lord. We worship you. Thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray, Lord Jesus, in your great name. Amen. So we've called this passage two examples to follow. And it's very obvious if you look at the passage who the two examples are. Verses 19 to 24, it's Timothy. Verses 25 to 30, it's Epaphras, Epaphroditus. Sorry, two, two people who are just wonderful examples for us to follow. Let me just fill in, you, uh, fill in with you a little bit of the background here, because the main reason probably why Paul wrote these two paragraphs is because uh, of practical things. Um, about Timothy, he wants to send Timothy to them. Verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Timothy is, um, Paul is probably under house arrest in Rome. Timothy is with him. and. Um, Paul wants to send Timothy to Philippi uh, to encourage the Philippian Christians. Uh, verse 23, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So that's Timothy. He's hoping to send, <coughs> excuse me, he's hoping to send Timothy to Philippi. But it's also Epaphroditus. <coughs> verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. So Epaphroditus, if you see he's your messenger, it looks as though Epaphroditus is a Philippian. And that when the Philippian Christians heard that Paul was uh, under house arrest in Rome, they thought we'll send Epaphroditus and then Epaphroditus can do whatever um, will help support Paul 
in this tough situation. And look at verse 28. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send Epaphroditus so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. That's the background here. Paul wants to send Timothy to Philippi. And Paul wants to send Epaphroditus back to Philippi, back to his home church. But there is more to that, more to the passage than this, because uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus have some things in common. And they are things in common that can do us real good as we look at them together. So let's be open to the Holy Spirit as we look at this passage together, and particularly as we look at Timothy and Epaphroditus. The first thing they have in common is they are examples. In other words, they are two Christians who should make us stop and think, I want to be like that. They are examples. Have a look in um, chapter 2, verse 22. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. That's quite a compliment. As a son with his father, he's really supported me, has Timothy. Uh, Timothy is quite a bit younger than Paul. And he served with me in the work of the gospel. We've been teamed together for the good news of Jesus. So Timothy is an example. But Epaphroditus is too. Verse 25, I'm not going to read it again because I read it just a moment ago. But do you see in verse 25 how Paul describes Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier. Epaphroditus is my brother. We are brothers in the Lord Jesus. He's my co-worker. We've worked together for the gospel. And he's also my fellow soldier. It's been a battle sometimes, a spiritual battle. We've needed to put on the spiritual armour and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's been my fellow soldier. Can you see that Epaphroditus, like Timothy, is an example? So this, this is strong. Verse, verse 26. For Epaphroditus longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Epaphroditus is an example. Um, he's upset because he heard that you he heard that you heard that he was ill. In fact, he nearly died. Verse 27. So he's upset for you. He's concerned for you, for how you're going. Uh, going on, how you're getting on. So Epaphroditus is an example. And oh, we need examples. You know, when I was a 10 year old, um, I was invited to go to a boys Bible class. It was called Crusaders. It was on a Sunday afternoon. I didn't know much about the gospel. I wasn't uh, brought up in a Christian family. And I started going. It was an hour every Sunday afternoon. There were 100 boys there every Sunday afternoon in a, a place in North London. And um, we were put in eight different age groups and I was obviously in the youngest age group. And there were two things that made me open for the gospel, two things about the leaders. First, their teaching and second, their example. They taught the Bible. I mean, they taught the Old Testament, the New Testament. They taught the gospel. They taught they taught their teaching fascinated me. I was really interested from the word go. 
But the other thing that was incredibly important was the leader's example. I remember looking at these guys. I guess they were all in their 20s and thinking, I want to be like that. They were examples. And when I was 14, I became a Christian. I turned from my sins and put my trust in Jesus. All of us need examples. And maybe you can look back. I'm sure you can. Uh, at people in your life who've been examples, maybe not someone who helped you to come to faith in Jesus. Maybe someone who's helped you to grow in Jesus. Maybe someone you look at and you think, ah, oh, I don't want to be exactly like her or exactly like him. I don't want to be a clone. But there's that about him or about her. I want to be like that. Examples. Can you think of somebody? You can already be lifting your heart to God and thanking God for that person. So Timothy and Epaphroditus are examples. The second thing they have in common, they live the Jesus lifestyle. Now, this is great. Have a look at Timothy, please, in verse 21. No, 20. Paul says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare Timothy is remarkable. And look at verse 21. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Everyone else is looking out for number one. But for Timothy, number one is Jesus and his interests, his glory. And that phrase there, they're looking out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. That reminds me of verse four. Because verse four is part of a passage. Well, the whole of chapter two is a section talking about the Jesus lifestyle. And let me read to you verse four. Uh, in verse four, Paul writes, Christians should be not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. The Jesus lifestyle is not looking, not thinking about me first, but about you and about the serving you. And about the glory of Jesus. And that is the Jesus lifestyle. Verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And if you were with us two weeks ago, we looked at verses five to 11 in chapter two. And we saw that in verses six, seven and eight, Jesus takes four steps down. Do you remember? Uh, he became a, a human being. He became a servant. He died. He died on the cross. He took steps down. He didn't stand on his rights. He didn't say, no, no, that's I'm not going to I'm not going to enjoy that. I won't do that. He didn't stand on his rights. He took steps down to serve others because he wanted to go to the cross to die for our sins so we could be forgiven and become God's friends now and forever. That's Jesus for you. That's the Jesus lifestyle. Can you see that Timothy and Epaphroditus are living the Jesus lifestyle? Uh, it's there in Epaphroditus as well. Um, have a look at verse 29. So then welcome Epaphroditus in the Lord with great joy because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. The Philippians couldn't help Paul because he was stuck in Rome. But Epaphroditus came and risked his life. He almost died, verse 27. He almost died for the work of Christ. 
So can you see? Timothy lives the Jesus lifestyle. Epaphroditus lives the Jesus lifestyle. And they're not the only ones. Did you see the end of verse 29? Paul says to the Christians in Philippi, honour people like him. Look around you, Philippian brothers and sisters. Look around you in the church family. And you will find some people who are living the Jesus lifestyle, who don't live for their own interests. They live for Jesus. They serve others. They take steps down. And we can do that too, can't we? Uh, above our church or whatever church you're from, look around the church family. Can't you see people like that? Can't you think now of people like that? who live the Jesus lifestyle, who care for others, who give up their rights. They're not thinking first about, number one, their own comfort. They are serving other people. So those are the first two things that Timothy and Epaphroditus have in common. They are examples. They live the Jesus lifestyle. The third thing they have in common is they experience the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. Now, what am I talking about? <laughs> they experience the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. Come back with me to verses 5 to 11, which are about Jesus. And you will remember, if you were with us two weeks ago, in verses 9, 10 and 11, God gives God the Father gives Jesus four steps up. He raises Jesus up. Jesus is the risen Lord, the exalted king in the highest place with the greatest name. Hallelujah. Crown him with many crowns. But why did God the Father do that for Jesus? Why did he do that? Well, the answer is in the first word of verse nine. Therefore. And the first word of verse nine looks back to verses six, seven and eight. In other words, the reason God the Father gave Jesus the four steps up, the risen Lord, the exalted king and the highest place with the greatest name is that Jesus voluntarily took the four steps down. He became a human being, a servant. He died on a cross. Because Jesus did that, because Jesus lived the, the Jesus lifestyle, God rewarded him. Therefore, God exalted him. Now, what Paul is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying through this passage, have a look back at verse five. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is saying, if we live the Jesus lifestyle, if we take steps down, God will bless us. I mean, he won't make us risen Lord, exalted king in the highest place of the greatest name. Those are reserved for Jesus. Of course they are. But he will bless us. He will reward us. And we can be sure, therefore, that Timothy and Epaphroditus experienced the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. If you'd said to Timothy or Epaphroditus, is God blessing your life? They would not have needed time to think. They would have smiled and said, oh, yes. I mean, that doesn't mean there weren't struggles and battles. Of course there were. Life was sometimes very tough. Read the book of Acts. 
but they were being blessed by God because that is the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. That is what Philippians chapter 2 is teaching. So we can be sure that they experienced the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. Timothy did, Epaphroditus did, and we can. We can, if I make the decision not to stand on my rights, if I make the decision to take steps down, to not look after number one, but to look after you, to care for you, to serve others. To have the motto, you are more important to me than I am to me. Then God will bless me. And if you make that decision and if I make that decision, God will bless us. Guaranteed. That's what the chapter teaches. That's the secret of the Jesus lifestyle. There was a boy at a Christian camp. He was a teenager. I don't know what his name was and I don't know where the camp was. And he wasn't a Christian. And he was also a bit of a loner because he was socially awkward. And he wasn't good at sports. And there were lots of sports going on during the day at this Christian camp. And the other boys really didn't spend much time with him because he was kind of difficult to spend time with. But there was one leader who took time. Maybe the leader would have rather been playing the sports, hanging out with the boys who were easier to talk to. I don't know. But one leader took the time to spend time with this boy. And maybe they went for walks. Maybe they chatted about things that this boy found interesting. I don't know what it was. But of course, the boy was coming to the, the talks about the gospel of Jesus during the week. And at the end of the week, this boy said to the leader, uh, I've got something to tell you. I've become a Christian this week. And the leader said, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for telling me. And of course, I'm going to pray for you. Um, what was it that got you open to the gospel? What, got, what was it that made you think, well, maybe the gospel's true. Maybe I want to become a Christian. And the boy looked at the leader and said, it was when you remembered my name. Because people didn't remember this boy's name because he was kind of unimportant. He was socially awkward. He was he was an outsider. But this leader served him and loved him. This leader lived the Jesus lifestyle. And that helped this boy to turn from his sins and put his trust in Jesus. Isn't that a great story? Well, that's the encouragement of this passage. That's the encouragement of this whole chapter. If we live the Jesus lifestyle as Timothy did, as Epaphroditus did, and of course, verses six, seven and eight, as Jesus did, we will experience God's blessing. And we will find that God is using us. God will reward us. He will bless us. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Do you want to make a new start in caring for others? Maybe write that email or send that card or make that phone call or meet up with somebody for a coffee. As we reach out to serve others, we will find that God is rewarding us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the Jesus lifestyle. Thank you for Timothy's example and Epaphroditus's example. 
And Lord Jesus, especially thank you for you. Thank you for taking those four steps down for our salvation. We worship you. Please help us to give our lives to serve others. Please help us to live the Jesus lifestyle. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please don't switch off. <laughs> you may not want to sing this last song. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to follow the words. They are wonderful words. They are about Jesus and his lifestyle. And the last verse is an opportunity for us to be praying as we listen to this, to be praying and to be saying to God, we want to live that lifestyle too. And if we do live that lifestyle, we will experience God's blessing. We're going to sing the servant king from heaven you came.
Jesus is the servant king. Let's live the Jesus lifestyle and experience God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.